Guess who's Bizak? I think that's going to be the name of this episode, man. I've been gone since November 20th. Now, I've been releasing episodes here and there on podcasts while sports, my other podcasts. Y'all can go check that out. But I think I'm back now. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Ground level. You know what I'm saying? Back on the ground level. Back from the ground level, man. Got to get it back from the mud. And I think that this is what I needed, you know, was be able to start back over. Make it into, you know, same formula, whatever. But just get back to just to start over, man, you know, and then to get to a new place. It's just taking a different route. But the end goal is still the same. Um, it's still one take apex all the way through. And I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm ecstatic. I just want to take real quick before I, I, I continue. Um, I want to say a special, heartfelt, sincere um sad um just heartbreaking um a rest in peace to um a young woman who y'all probably don't know uh but a few of you listening may know um to Margot Span Margot is someone who that was my sister's best friend. And uh, I think I don't have all of the information, so I don't want to just put anything out there. Um, but she she died maybe last night or early this morning. Um, and she was a DJ out in California. So um, my sister grew up with her. Went to high school with her and everything like that. She was in my sister's wedding. Um, but yeah, rest in peace to Margo. Um, part of the, she was a part of the family. And it was just devastating to hear. And it was kind of... It was devastating to hear. And honestly... When I was told this morning that that happened, I was like, I don't know. It made me want to record for a podcast about nothing, honestly. Like, it really did. Like, it made me want to come out here so I can put it out there in the airwaves. A special um, rest in peace to Margot. So, um, it's crazy, crazy news to get. Wasn't expecting it. Um... But my prayers to Margot's family, my prayers to my sister for having to, you know, having to deal with this. My my prayers to Margot's family, the rest of her friends, all of her associates that she that she had. Um, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. Like I think it's about seizing opportunity. One thing Margot did. Uh, she was a news reporter in Milwaukee for a while. And then she ended up moving out to California 
the only thing she had was her dream. And she kind of, she accomplished that. Like, she wanted to be a DJ. I didn't know Margot was into music like that, but she wanted to be a DJ, and she did that shit. Like, <laughs> like that's just, that's real. So, um, I don't know. A lot of things were put into perspective for me when I thought back to um, Margot and where she got and where she came from and everything like that. Um, you know, it was just an accident that happened. So, um, you you never know, man. When it's your time, like you can be do something. You can be doing something every day, taking the same route that you always take, and then something else happens, and then your life is taken from you. So, um, you know, I, I've been going through like my own sadness and depression and everything, but I realized like you, you can't stop living because you'll never know when it's your time. Like, so you gotta just you gotta man, you gotta just go with it. You know what I'm saying and. Even um, when my uncle was hit by a car and early in the morning got the news like that, it was just unexpected. You can't just, life is, life is unexpected, man. Anything can happen. Split second. You can, you can see it coming. You don't see it coming, but like shit just happens sometimes. So, uh, rest in peace to, to, to Margot. My prayers to her family. My prayers to all of her loved ones and prayers to, to my sister as well. Um, this episode is, is, is dedicated to you, Margot. This episode is for you. Um, so, that being said. Guess who's biz at? It's your boy, the Apex. Um, I, I I was trying to think of some AKAs for me. You know what I'm saying? Some some aliases I can go by. Even though Apex is an alias, like that's not my real name. You know what I mean? But um, the shelf of controversy. It's just just cooking up controversy. That's gonna be me. Y'all gonna get the real uncut for real. Y'all gonna get the real uncut. Um, I feel like the place that I have, the place that I have is trying to get the rest of y'all to see it to wide, well, for one, to widen your perspective. Of things and of life and how things operate, because I feel like a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people just. I feel like there's a lot of people who um, go through life only looking from their POV, and sometimes the lens that people look through are rose colored, and uh, they they don't. My bad, yo. I'm trying to get over the flu. I had the flu too, over the past like two weeks or so. Like, I've been sick for like the last like two weeks. Uh, it's like trying to. I feel like my position in life is to get people to see the perspective of other people, right? I've been watching, and again, like I said, I've been sick, so I've been watching 
I've been watching. Uh, so I'm gonna try not to yell. I'm gonna try not to yell, y'all. If you if you know how I get and I get passionate and I get passionate very easily, I'll start yelling. My voice is gonna get scratchy. I'm I'm never going to get better. I I promise you. Now my son is sick, throwing up, running a fever. Like, <clears throat> uh, it's it's like this, right? My 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 daughter is also well. She she well actually she's been coughing. I'm I'm thankful that she's not running a temperature. Like I'm happy she's not. But anyway, um, it's like this, right? I look at the state of the internet, right? So for the past couple days, for the past couple days. I'm laying on the couch, sick, nose running, coughing my life away. I gotta stuff my lungs back in my throat. All that, like I just been just coughing, sneezing, nose running, face stuffed up. So I go on YouTube, right? I need to find something to watch. There's nothing going on Hulu. There's nothing going on on Disney Plus. I finished WandaVision. There's nothing going on on Disney Plus. There's nothing going on on Hulu. There's nothing going on on HBO Max. So I go on YouTube, right? Trusty YouTube. Favorite channel, by the way. And I'm, I'm searching. I'm like, man, I need to find something to watch. And there's this thing called The Middle Ground. And the YouTube channel is Jubilee, right? Or Jubilee, something like that. J U B I L E E. I think it, I think that's pronounced Jubilee. So, and it, they have a show there called uh, The Middle Ground, where they bring six people together, and three people have one view, and then the other three people have an opposing view, right? Dope concept. I love it. For one, I love to debate. I love to disagree, and I love to be taught a different way of thinking. And even if you don't agree with what someone says, you can all you can still listen to their standpoint, you know, because it can probably help you dig deeper into your standpoint, and they can also help you see the other side, the opposing side. And I think that that's important, and I think that that is something that this country is missing is listening and absorbing the other viewpoint of the opposing side. We don't do that in this country. It is world. It's not, it's not done nowhere near enough because I feel like if you would hear other people's standpoint is you, you will come to a point where it's like, like, what are we doing here if we're having a debate? What are we doing here? Because you're not changing my mind. You're not changing my mind. But I think it's important to understand where other people are coming from. It's like, oh, okay, so so that's what you think. That's, you know. Now, there are some, there are some things that I just completely disagree on. Like, I was watching, uh, before I started recording, I was watching uh, The Great Debate. Denzel Washington, he's a professor at, I forgot the name of the college, but he was a professor there, and he was the coach of a debating team. And um, it made me think about Jubilee, which 
Jubilee, I will go back and watch a couple of Bo episodes after I finish recording here. But uh, it's important to find that middle ground, you know, and it's important to find that middle ground, man. It's important. Hear that other side. See where that other side is coming from. Um, and as ignorant sometimes that it could it could come off like some things that people can say can come off as just pure ignorant, pure stupidity, moronic, idiotic. But still, hear the other side because. Everybody isn't going to think like you. And, and then this takes me into cancel culture, right? Because at first I was kind of, at first I was kind of with cancel culture a little bit. I was kind of with cancel culture, right? And then I started thinking to myself, like, because they, they had, again, on, on, on Jubilee, they had an episode where it was people for cancel culture and people against cancel culture, right? So, at first, I was kind of rocking with cancel culture. And then, after watching this episode, it's like, cancel culture is just stupid. We need to cancel cancel culture. I'm all for holding people accountable for things that they do. It, like, it is evident. You can't leave it up to the justice system because the justice system have put innocent people away. And then they've also allowed guilty people to get off. Like, even with, um, so so in the case with Trayvon Martin, right, and George Zimmerman, the, the whole thing was he defended himself. But you would have had to defend yourself if you listened to the 911 operator when the 911 operator told you to not engage. Do not follow Trayvon. Don't engage him, right? You engaged him. You followed him. You engaged him. He popped you in the mouth. Right? Y'all scrapping, y'all squabbling. You shoot him. Come to find out, George Zimmerman was like 28 or something like that. Trayvon was 17. And Trayvon was on his way home to his dad's house. So it's not even like he was in the process of robbing somebody or he was a perp or something like that. He, he walked to the store and was walking home. But yet... The thing is with George Zimmerman, he got off because the whole thing was, well, he was defending himself. But then with us, the black community, we're like, he would have had to defend himself even if he never followed him and engaged him. But in the court system, it's, well, he didn't have the intent on killing him. It's just he was defending himself, which caused him to kill him. But he wouldn't have had to kill him if he listened to the number one operator, right? You see what I mean? So it's just, I don't know. I can't remember how I got to that point. But anyway, regardless, right? We got to find a middle ground. You got to hear the other side and you got to be able to respond to the other side. But some people respond not from what they heard, just from the uh initial thought that I need to respond to what this person is saying. 
but not respond to what this person is saying. Just respond to this person talking. <clears throat> so people are never heard. People are never heard. People are never understood. Right? Oh, dang. He probably gonna need this. My bad, y'all. My my kid, my son is in a whole school. Not whole school, but he's still doing remote learning. <clears throat> and he's at my mother's house right now. And I see one of his books here. It's like, dang, he probably he probably needed this. Ah well. Um I think that's important that we hear the other side, right? I think that's important because it's important because we can't allow our own thoughts and visions be clouded by our own ideologies. I think it's important here on the other side. Um, so, Myers Leonard. I I don't know if y'all heard him say uh, the K word. You know why I'm going to say the K word? I'm not going to say the K word. But the reason why I'm saying the K word is because I will hope that Jewish people will say, oh, yeah, this celebrity said the N word and not say nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get to say it. And see, that was so, that was too, right? Off of Jubilee. Um, they had this, it was only white people around. And they was having this conversation like, you know, do you say the N word? Right? And they was like, well, if it's in music, like not all of them, it was probably like two of them. That was like, well, it's in music. If they don't want us to say the N word, then don't put it in your music. <laughs> I don't know why white people, some white people fe- uh, fetishize saying say nigga for. I don't understand that. Like some white people want to say nigga so bad. And it's like, no, you don't get to. I'm sorry. Well, don't put it in the music. No, I'm putting it in the music. And you better not say it. Like, I've never, I've never heard. I have never heard a white person say nigga in my personal life in front of me. I've never, have I? Nope. Nah, nope, nope, never heard it. Never heard it. Never heard it. Now, the most... The most racist thing I think I have encountered... I was... Maybe 15. Maybe 15. Me and my friend Charles, we were at the Wisconsin Dells. It was me, a friend Charles, and my nephew Mari. We were 15 years old. Now, this would make my nephew Mari about five at the time. 
which is how old my son is. So that put my nephew at about five. We were walking, just the three of us. Um, I think we went up there with my mom and my sister. And uh, Charles, Mari, and myself were walking. Um, and I don't know where we came from. I think we were coming from like a, a little like candy shop that they had around there. And we were walking back to the hotel. I, I wonder if my friend Charles remembers this. And we were walking back from the hotel. This pickup truck. It was at the West Coast of Dells. Uh, and it was, <clears throat> I think it was springtime. This pickup truck. Four, five white dudes. Grown white dudes, too. Like, if they were teenagers, that would be different. I would have like, hey, squad up type thing. Well, actually, I was still ready to squad up. But then we had, me and Charles had to remember that my five-year-old nephew was with us. So we was just trying to get back to the hotel after that. Um, so we were walking down this like, like back passageway where there was no sidewalk, just a road and then grass. And we're walking along there trying to get back to the hotel. White, not, not white, but it's a, it was a pickup truck. It was about four or five white grown men in there. Maybe in their mid-twenties. Maybe in their mid-twenties, maybe late-twenties. They drive past us. And they say, go back to where you came from. And we look, and they and they squealed off. So me and Charles was thinking about chasing the truck down. But they were like, ah, got my nephew with us. Can't do it. So we just we just kept walking with the hotel. That was probably the most racist thing I think I have encountered. Because even down south, like I feel like a lot of times white people would be cautious. Because I I haven't. Hey, I don't know, man. I'll have to think. I mean, there was subtle racism, racist things that were done, like following me around a store or trying to talk to me in a degrading way. Not in a degrading way, but like in a way where it's like, you know, trying to talk slow to make it seem like I don't understand what's being done or I don't understand what's happening. So they feel like they got to talk slow. I can't think of the word that I'm looking for right now, but demeaning, that's it, in a demeaning, degrading way. Um, but something belligerent, like a white person, like I be seeing some of these YouTube videos, not YouTube videos, but like Twitter videos that people be putting up, white people spitting on them and just going, I've never encountered that. I've never encountered something like that blatant to my face right here in front of me. I would be in jail. I'm I'm dead serious. I would be in jail. Like, jail, jail. Like, you getting stomped out, G. Like, that's just it. Like, you're getting stomped out. Like, that, that would just be it. I've never been in a situation like that because I know I would react like that. I know I would. I'm, dog, I, I'm knocking your head off. Like, I know I would react like that. I know I would. And I'm the type of person who 
I like to use my words to get people off of me. And like in a I I I know how to demean and degrade people with my words. I'm a wordsmith. I write, you know what I'm saying? I write, I read, like I'm very um particular in the words I use, in the in the context that I use them, and I'm very precise with them. Because I know words can cut. So it's like I'm a surgeon with it. I'm a surgeon with words. But in an instance like that, I'm knocking you out. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, young or old, I'm knocking you out. That's your consequence. I haven't been in in a situation like that. Maybe, like I said, when I was 15, but after that, I can't. I mean, I had run-ins with police officers where they slammed me to the ground, drive they knee in my back and all that stuff. Like, I've had that happen to me, but just a regular, everyday white person? No, I've never encountered that. Hmm. But, I don't know. Maybe I just give off that energy that, you know, this is a nigga that you better not do this with. Maybe, maybe that's that's just my energy. I don't know. Because uh, like, I'm not a small guy either. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never encountered that. But I think that it still is important that as a collective of people... Like, you would think in 2021, we would have had racism resolved. But you know what? Maybe not. Because until that generation of white people die off, you know, it's kind of just going to be, it's just going to be this until that generation of white people die off. Um, But they be passing down the same ideologies that they grew up raised on as well. So, I don't know. And I wonder, because like, a couple of the white people I know, which is only like three, uh, two of our guys, the other one's my sister-in-law. So, that's about it. Um, I've seen them say, I've heard, well, not my sister-in-law, but I've heard the two guys I know that are white, I've heard them say that they're embarrassed to be white because they just look out and it's like, yo, what is y'all doing? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and which I don't feel an issue with because there's ways where, there's times where I look out and I see niggas just being niggas. And I'm like, damn, this is embarrassing. Like, it, like it could be a bit. Like, I think it's okay to be proud to be who you are, and then still be embarrassed by the people who look like you. I think that's perfectly normal. But see, the thing is with me, I just don't feel like no other race outside of my race can point out how niggas are acting like they, Like, you don't get to say how embarrassing my people are. You don't get to say that. You don't get to. Suffer in silence. You don't get to say anything. That's how I feel. That maybe that's just me. I don't know. That that's just me though. Maybe that's just me. You don't get to speak up on anything. Shut your mouth. Watch your words and shut your mouth. That's it. You don't. You don't get to speak up. Suffer in silence. Okay. 
Um, I I think that still though, we need to come together first of all as black people with other groups of black people and figure out where it is that we need to improve. Because on the show Jubilee, on another episode that they did, there was this older woman. It was older black people talking to teenage black people. They were having like a little debate back and forth. And like these younger black people were like teenagers, like 17, 16, 18. And the older black people were all over 60. So they were saying that they feel scared for the future in a way because the young black people now don't know what to strive for, don't know what to fight for. They don't know what to ask for. They don't know what to um they like they don't know what to fight for. And one of the women, she was 72, she had said that you know they lack guidance and you know y'all wanna go out and protest, but you could go to jail for that, you get seriously hurt, sometimes killed, and y'all just need to weigh out the options. And, you know, they're 16, 17. They're just dying their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, I'm at home listening to this. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wait, but you're 72. You was probably out there. Like, you was you was in these streets. Like, you were out there. And I think also it comes from being older and wanting to just instinctively look out for the younger, you know what I'm saying, like the, the younger generation. You just, you don't want any harm to come to them. But you can't ask us to, you know, find other ways to protest. You know, don't go shopping at these industries or these companies. Uh, Say, like, keep your money out of their pocket. Because that's where you got to hit these white companies. Is you got to hit them in the pocket, which is true. Which is true. But y'all was out here protesting, though. The riots came here and there. It was very far few in between, though. I will say that. Like, they weren't rioting at every protest. I will say that. Um, but, like, y'all was getting dog- Like, y'all was getting chunks of your ass bitten out of you by... German shepherds that were sick on you by the sheriff. But you're telling me not to protest? Martin Luther King Jr. was arrested something like 20 times. He died at 39. Like, I think that asking young black youth to not risk their well-being is the reason why we're still in a state of confusion because I feel like as black people, it's been embedded in us. I don't want to say naturally, but it has become embedded in us to be rebels, to rebel, because we are the oppressed. We are underneath the boot of oppression. We are. I don't give a damn what people say. Oh, why do black people still feel like they're oppressed? Don't like, like don't come to me with that. Don't come to me with that. We are. The game is designed against us. We are. 
I don't need y'all coming through with your white tears talking about, well, white women got the right to vote not that long ago. Yeah, but black women still couldn't vote. Even though y'all voted for women's rights to vote, black women was still excluded. Like, I don't know why white women are acting like they got the right to vote after black people did. Like, y'all got the right to vote, and then black women still didn't have the right to vote because they were looking at, no, you're black first. So they still didn't have a right to vote. That's neither here nor there. So anyway, to say that we're not oppressed, what are black people upset for, yada, 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 right? But for the black generation to not really give us the tools, they just give us highlight films. Like, y'all, y'all don't give us the game plan to go off of. Y'all tell us to look at a highlight film. And I understand that they that a lot of them uh, suffered. A lot of them were beaten. A lot of them had water hoses turned on them. A lot of them went through a lot of stuff. I get that. Is it as bad? No, absolutely not. It's not as bad today as it was 50 years ago. 60 years ago. It's not as bad. But if you're asking me, what do we fight for? It's no longer equality. If you think about it, we got that. In the in the like in the in the aspect of a black person and a white person, right? Is equality. We can vote, we can work, we can own businesses, we can work at businesses, we can become COOs, CEOs, presidents, president of the United States. Astronauts, doctors, surgeons, lawyers, judges, district attorneys, deputies and sheriffs, uh, colonels in the army, generals, uh, um, sergeants. We can become all of that stuff. Teachers, professors, deans, principals, vice principals. We can do all of that. So equality is there. It's the equity that we're missing. It's the equity that we're missing. That's what we need to be fighting for is equity. Um, And I feel like we're missing that. Now, I know usually when I'm gone for a long period of time um, and I come back, I come through with an apology, man. Hey, I, and, I, and I do, and I mean this sincerely. Thank y'all for still continuing to listen to my episodes, even in my absence. I appreciate that. Like, I, I will check my episodes and my listens are still rising. I'm like, oh, my God. Th- thank you. Thank y'all so much. Thank you for passing all the word. Yo, listen to this. Listen to this guy or whatever. I appreciate that. I really do. I have over 125 episodes, right? So I, I appreciate that. Thank y'all so much. I'm not apologizing. I'm not apologizing. My, my, like, going, having, being in the mental state that I was in, and I I just, I couldn't work through. And that's the thing about podcasting, like, so much of your personal life can inflict 
and affect what goes on in this realm. And, you know, I, I, I hear that you shouldn't allow it to, but why the hell not? Like, why not? Why can't I? I'm not going to become a slave to this the same way that we become slaves. not going to do it. not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to have this conversation right now. We will, but I'm not going to do it right now. Um, I'm not going to apologize to y'all. Only thing I can say is that I feel like my mental space and my mental place has, has bettered. Bettered isn't a word. It is for this. It bettered. It improved. Okay? And I feel good. I feel back. This is a whole new... It's the same podcast name, same podcast host. I'm going to try to get back on the schedule where, I mean, I don't have my sponsorships anymore. So, because I've been absent for so long, which understandably so that people pulled, that's fine. I'm not holding anything on anybody. I understand. I will back off too. But just know that... Sometimes you get knocked down. You can't lift for other people's hands to come out and pull you up. They're only going to have their hand out when it's benefiting them. This isn't a benefit to them. Not hating. Business is business. But one thing I will say is that for the people who walked away, don't walk back when I you see me walking up. Just keep it pushing. I'll keep it pushing. You keep it pushing. It is what it is. We move it all. This has been another episode of Podcast About Nothing. I've been your host, Apex. Until the next time, I, I need a new sign-off. I need a new sign-off. But this has been another episode of Podcast About Nothing. I've been your host, the Apex, a.k.a. the Chef of Controversy. Until the next time, yo, peace, love, and prosper.